there are people from around the world. So I'm going to presume we're not going to have racism because how can you be racist when you have multicultural diaspora from the word go? I mean, there's people from North Korea, from America, from Ireland, from France, you name it. Every country in the world, I think, is is represented in the people who have applied. That's interesting too. What a melting pot. Hello, and welcome to episode 40 of The Lieberland Show. I'm your host, Adam J. Carswell. Today we are joined by Jillian Godsell. Jillian is a world diplomat of Lieberland. Jill, thank you for coming on the show. And do you have any opening remarks for our beautiful listeners? Well, I have to say, I just love my new title, World Diplomat. That is such a cool title. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. You're right. I mean, when you put it that way, you think about it, it's kind of like, wow, at what point in my life did I ever think I was going to be a world diplomat, right? I know. I know. It's mad. And yet it is, it's kind of accurate because the last couple of years of my life have been crazy. I mean, I've only met Lieberland more recently, but I have been traveling the world advocating on behalf of blockchain and more recently women in blockchain and I've been all over the world I've been in you know Oman and Sharif and uh, sorry and Kiev and uh, Sri Lanka and Texas and Liberland and uh, Amsterdam and London and Dubai and it's been crazy it's been just amazing so world diplomat I like that title thank you very much (laughs) you're welcome and uh, it, it reminds me now that you mentioned especially women in blockchain another world diplomat uh representative out of where is she? I want to say Sweden. Are you familiar with Heaven Barricade yet? Not yet. No, no. Okay, we got to make sure you guys become friends. She was on episode five, maybe four, five, or six. Okay. Um, she's a very dynamic leader in blockchain. Yeah, because actually, I gave a talk. I was at the Lieberland Floating Man Festival uh, weekend yes. before last. And um, I said to Vite, can I give a talk on women in blockchain? And it was very, uh, and women in Lieberland, sorry, putting the two of them together. And it was very relevant because, you know, there's like 600,000 applications for citizenship. Currently, the ratio of men to women or women to men is one woman applying for every six men. Wow. Yeah, so we've got to change that because (laughs) we can't have a world where there's only one. Well, I might move to Lieberland. (laughs) (laughs) It might be in your favor. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But in reality, for I I was, at the end of my talk, I was talking about sort of casual bias against women and and, and, and it's, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't aggressive talk or anything like that, but just things that we do. I mean, it was highlighted by that, that recent uh, NASA moonwalk where the two women couldn't walk together because they didn't have two working medium-sized suits. Because 40 <laughs> years ago, NASA put the suits together and they did medium-large and extra-large to fit the men. And they never thought they might have two women or a woman, well, let alone two women on the same yeah. flight, the same expedition. So um, I was sort of talking through that, but at the end I was saying, you know, I said, we really need for Liberland not just to be an experiment, for it to be a real place, we need to even those odds. Yeah, and I do, I do want to share with our listeners too before I forget. I'm going to give you a little moment here to brag because you're, you know the details of it more than I do as well. But you were recently nominated, or not even nominated, selected as like a top 100 leaders in blockchain for 2019. What, yeah, that was a surprise that? for me. Yeah, I didn't expect that. And then somebody tagged me in something on LinkedIn and ooh, <laughs> and it was nice. I mean, it was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And it, well, I, I'm very enheartened by it because it's not that I need it for myself. A, I think blockchain is so important. And it's also as part of what the Lieberland story is, is too as well, because obviously it's being built on the EOS IO blockchain. Uh-huh. But blockchain is so important. But we need to, and women in blockchain is so important. And we need to do two things because it's very easy. But when we have something new and wonderful and great, if we don't protect it and sponsor it outside the bubble, we can lose it. So with blockchain, it is too important to be hijacked by big business or you know corrupted by 
first book or uh-huh. <laughs> or all these different things. We, we really need people who are passionate about what the technology, what, what the underlying philosophies of the technology talk about. We need to get out there and talk about it. And same with women in blockchain too as well. It's too important to to not encourage women to come in. Women are risk averse. So that's why there's only like 4 or 5% women in blockchain yeah. and why only one person in six has applied. And I, to be honest, I, I get it. Like when I was going out to Serbia last week, I was a bit apprehensive. I'm uh-huh. going, oh my God. Because I went to, as I said, to the Floating Man Festival and I had an amazing time. I met amazing people. And I'm so glad I did. But I was pretty nervous. I'm kind of going, okay. You know, normally when I go to places, I'm, you yeah. know, I'm going straight to a conference and it's very organized and there's someone to meet me and, you know, there's all this stuff, whatever. And this felt a bit like stepping out into the unknown. Mm. So I do get, it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying for like women, get involved. I, I, rec- I recognize that it's not straightforward. And it's not, you know, obvious sometimes. And sometimes you do have to take a bit of, you know, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm not quite sure what I'm getting into. But I, I know in my gut, my gut instinct is telling me this is the right thing to do and to do it. So what I'm saying is that I'm, I'm not going, oh, yeah, let's go and do all this stuff. Because it's, I, I, I know it's hard and it's not straightforward. And it takes courage sometimes and, and time and, you know, there's interest. There's a lot of different things going on. But the biggest thing why women fall back is because they are risk averse. Yeah. And then. And the, and the flip side, too, is that we live in a world where consciously or unconsciously there is a lot of bias against gender. Uh-huh. And um, it's, it's like even, I tell you, a classic, this, this is like a, I love this example. Women going to the toilet and men going to the toilet. So in most public buildings, if there's a big event on, there's always a queue for the ladies and the men just sail in and sail out. And why is that? You know, why is that? Because most public buildings have an equal amount of space given to male and female toilets. Sounds reasonable, except when you realize that when men, we know this, men have penises. So when they go to the loo, they don't have to take so much clothes off, right? They can do the job, they can use urinals, it's much faster, whereas women don't. So we have to disrobe pretty much. And often women tend to be accompanied by children or older people. Uh-huh. So it, it's just, this is just this a, a, a common sense thing. It takes women longer because of these issues. So there shouldn't be, I think in, in, um, it takes 2.4 times longer for a woman than a man, typically, when you, when, you, when you sort of even all those things out to use a public bathroom. Uh-huh. So that means we should have 2.4 more female bathrooms than male bathrooms. It's right. actually, it makes common sense, but no one's done it so far. And that's why there are all these cues. And of course, nowadays world, there's a lot of transgender people, so it's very confusing. So let's just have a lot of you know, <laughs> transgender loos or whatever, you know, loos that are, are multi. The French have always had multi-gender loos anyway, so that, that might solve the problem. But it's just like, it's that kind of base, that sort of casual bias against women that no one ever said, why is there a cue? Why do women take longer to the loo? Because trust me, it's not that we're all powdering our nose and putting on lipstick, you know? Well, maybe uh-huh. we might do on occasion, but it, it's, it's because of the way we use a public facility. Isn't that interesting? So that's why I think it's, 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 we need to talk about these things. Yeah. Otherwise, they don't, they don't change. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a good point. I don't even know. I guess I never even thought of it as a bias. If anything, I, I guess I would always think, okay, men's bathroom, women's bathroom, both get the equal same amount of space, whatever. Yeah. Cool, we're good. You, yeah. Good point, though. Like, it's plain and simple. It's how they're used. How for, they're used. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, so go back to your point know, when you said about being on yeah, no, it's just it's interesting. Like, wow. I mean, and there's no one actively. It's that's casual. Let's make women wait longer. It's not. It's, people haven't put two and three, two and two together, and they haven't they haven't figured out. Oh, that's why. Let's, let's sort this. And let's go back to your point about being one of the top 100 women in uh, global blockchain leaders, or whatever. It's not that. Oh wow, aren't I so wonderful? It's like, oh wow. There's a list. I'm on it. It gives me profile. I'm passionate about this whole area. So it's wonderful. But like, I think there's there's only one Irish person on it. I think maybe there's 30 women. That was cool. But it's just, it's just something to use, a platform to say, 
this is important. And wow, thank you so much, guys, for putting me on this platform because I can then use it to tell the next person. So that's why I was very happy to be honest. Not that I say, not that I'm a prima donna, just, <laughs> or maybe I am, I don't know. <laughs> I, will tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've said a lot of things so far though that really um, are th- thought intriguing and I'm not sure, we've never even really had a show like this. Like, for example, we haven't even gotten to a point for you to explain to us how you became a Liberlandian yet, but I guess that's, you know, that's my fault. I'm driving the, driving the bus yeah. here. I'm just I'm thinking about, um, I like the words you use too, risk averse, mm-hmm. because for whatever reason, and that is the difference, I guess you could say, in, in male and female or, or what have you, is uh, it does seem like men are more likely to be the type of person who's like, oh, it's a 50-foot cliff, there's water down there, cool, I'll jump. Like, that's more yeah. of a guy thing. So now Lieberland and, and, obviously isn't that. I mean, is, do you think, I, I want to hear some of your ideas, I guess, on how we can get more women involved. Well, I, I like to think that I can help in the regard, there are a couple of reasons. Well, A, I'm in communications, that's where my experience is. And secondly, I'm a woman, I'm a woman of a certain age. So that also helps because I'm not like a teeny bopper. You know, I'm a woman who's lived the world and one presumes, <laughs> maybe presumes wrongly, that I have some intelligence or some experience or some seniority, whatever. So if, if I'm doing this, it can't be just a crazy mad thing that the kids are doing. Um, and and I, so I think it's, it's important that um, to help Liberland and blockchain too, and that they're, they're, they're intimately entwined for me anyway. And, and I know that the governance is going to be, I met the Ghostbusters guys out in the Floating Man Festival, who are an amazing bunch of people. I have to say, I really, really love them. And we, we have to talk about it more. So how, how can I help? The fact that I'm involved and my, my background and my, and my age, in fact, I'm a woman, that's cool, I think. For the first time in my, in my career, my age and my gender is a positive. Yippee! <laughs> um, and then secondly, it's just, I, I, because I, I'm, I'm in communications, I've written a piece for the Irish Times magazine, and that will be coming out on the 7th of September, I think. Um, and I, and I, I'm, I write for a number of different platforms, so I want to write more about what's happening. And the thing that I loved, I, think I gave a little speech when I was on the boat going out to Liberland itself. Yeah, yeah. And, and I said I was there at the floating that, man. That whole experience too, by the way, just floating. Oh. Yeah, just please share the whole picture. Well, and and it, I guess explain to our listeners too what, it, what floating man is. Oh, well, Floating Man, it's the inaugural festival, music and ideas festival, kind of based a bit on the Burning Man. And I haven't been to the Burning Man, so I'm sorry, oh, I can't wow. compare okay. it. But it's that kind of idea. It's like people coming together and you're rubbing shoulders with, you know, world nomads or multimillionaires. I don't know who, but the people who are there, they, they all have an innate curiosity and they all have, this is, this something was very interesting. I, everybody I met, they were, they had a story. They had a reason why they were there. They were looking for something and looking for something better than exists currently. And that to me, I mean, I went to learn, I went to advocate on behalf of women in Liberland, but I also went to learn. And I must say, I was really struck. I met some really interesting people, diverse, mm-hmm. interesting people. And I thought, wow, this is, this, wow, this is, I wouldn't mind being part of this country. <laughs> These are interesting people. You know, my fellow, fellow countrymen are very, very different. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's like almost stumbling into it, not quite a hippy dippy, but there is that kind of nice feeling to it. You know, well, what, are you, what are you doing? What are you doing with the world? What do you want the world to look like? Mm-hmm. Why are we here? And I think that was the tone of the conversation across the couple of days. And people, you know, there were, there were documentary makers, there were uh, musicians, uh, there were vegan helpers. There were there was loads of just different, uh, different resort owners, right? Resort owners, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I had a great time. I spent time with Yana, Beat's uh, partner, and also one of the f- uh, of the four people who claimed the land at the beginning. Amazing woman, 
amazing. She is just like, I, I really was impressed with her. I liked her. She's smart, sassy. She's currently more engaged with raising kids. She's got small children at the moment. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. I was saying, you know, she said, well, I have time to do my own stuff. I said, yes, you will. Of course you will. You're doing a very important job. Do not, <laughs> the children are the most important things. But um, so I'm going to do some work with her too as well, just to raise her profile. Because, you know, she is a smart, sassy woman. And, uh, I like her. You know, mm-hmm. and, and she's very modest, way too modest. <laughs> I, I want to I make sure she's, she gets some profile too. But it was just, I think the people that were there, so there was a couple of days, it was a bit haphazard, a bit uh, un, sort of a bit chaotic. But that's the first festival, that's okay. You know, right. that, no, nobody minded because if you had to sit around and chat, yeah, so. And the, the, we, we had weather that wasn't forecast and rain came in. And then the access road into the, we were on the airstrip because obviously all the boats weren't ready. We couldn't get out of Lieberland. So we're on this airstrip, which was like amazing, like in the middle of this cornfields. Mm-hmm. Um, and the access road turned into a pond. Now I got in there earlier, but some people had such difficulty and some people had to walk across fields to get in. It was just, you know, wow. it, it felt very, um, I don't know, frontier men, frontier yeah. men and women, you know. And, and it was just, it was, it was chaotic, but it was lovely. And some of the music was, all the music was fantastic. And um, we, you know, we had vegan goulash and we had, uh, Serbian sausages and we Czech beer and Lieberland wine, you know, and then music from around the world. It was, it was, and people, people just talking, talking, talking. Yeah, it sounds amazing. And I guess if you could tie this, these two questions in together, tell us a little bit about what your speech was about or your, yeah, you, you gave a speech there. Sure. So a yeah. little bit about what that was about. And then also just so that way we can get it. Um, tell us about your origins of becoming a Lieberlandian as well. Okay, well, the speech was very much advocating for women in Lieberland. Um, and I was talking about the casual bias. So things like, even things like um, cars, cars, the, the, the car crash dummy that we've seen, you know, the Volvo ads, the car crash dummy, it's a man, he's about six foot, and he's built differently than women. So there's a whole bunch of things I was talking about, that this casual bias. So we have to be very active and alert. And Lieberland needs to be very much promoting that it's safe for women to come come and join this group so the, the one in six goes to the one and two which mm-hmm. we need so that's that's basically what was my talk was was about that and I, I wasn't um there actually were lots of women in the festival which is nice so that that was kind of cool you yeah. know it wasn't just an all all geeks there there were, there were <laughs> other women which was it was nice it was nice having different types whatever so that, that was basically i did a, it was a very short talk i just wanted to say guys for Lieberland to be a reality and not an experiment we have to up that and mm-hmm. i'm hoping to do that say with my communications um, and then going back to, very, this is a very brief version of why I love blockchain and why I've come to Lieberland too as well. Long story, but um, 12 years ago, I hit divorce and recession in Ireland. My ex went back to the UK, became bankrupt and gave all the debt to myself and our two children. We had a big house, but a big mortgage. Um, I made a video to sell the house. It went viral. I went viral. And then um, I got a cash offer to sell the house for 500,000 euros. The bank refused consent for it to repossess the home and then sell it the following year for 165000 uh-uh, Made no sense. So in the midst of I'm fighting the banks, I'm fighting my divorce, I'm fighting everything. I'm losing, 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 losing. Um, my business collapsed, bailiffs came. So I, I, and then I became very much, the media started to talk to me about what I was going through because mm-hmm. Ireland had this Celtic tiger before the, the global crash. So we were, we were particularly badly hit. But the problem in Ireland was that people were being shamed by the banks. So this narrative that somehow when people failed financially, it was of their own volition and their own doing and, you know, they were, they were kind of like gaming the system. So I kind of went, excuse me. And a lot of men in particular were committing suicide because men are very bad at um, talking and coping with failure like that, and especially when you're being shamed, you know. And people don't fail financially on purpose. You know, it's not like they're going to, have to steal a bank or something or steal a car. People fail financially. They only work very, very hard towards it. So anyway, at the end of the day, when the, my home was taken from me, 
I had no choice but to go bankrupt. And then when I was, when I was bankrupt, I realized that I, had, um, I was not allowed to run for public office because somehow that bankruptcy was viewed as a sort of a shameful thing again, I guess, in our laws. Um, and I'd also become very high profile because I had been speaking on radio and television and the papers and writing and also been featured on a lot of international press too as well because I kind of summed up the story of the crash in Ireland very nicely. Mm-hmm. Sadly for me, so I played that. Anyway, so I took the I I argued to the Irish government that my constitutional rights were being infringed because I wasn't allowed to run for public office as a bankrupt. So I um, took them to the High Court and then the Supreme Court, and I was successful in changing the law. And then I ran in 2014 the European parliamentary elections. I got eleven and a half thousand votes. Didn't get a place, but had an amazing run. I met amazing people, and I knew mm-hmm. I did good because people could come up to me and they say, "Oh my God, I heard your story." You know, I'm you're worse than I am, or you know, I, I thank you for talking about it. So I knew I did good as I say, and that was super. But then everything kind of stopped. And I went, well, what happens next in my life? So I haven't changed the world. I've helped people. I'm, I'm happy I've done that. I've kind of been very public in my failure, which was okay, you know, it was okay. Mm-hmm. And then I met blockchain. And I went, oh my God, this makes sense. This makes sense. I understand now how I can help the world and change the world and make the world a better place. And um, ever since then, I've jumped in my two feet and I've been like working yeah. like mad because I've got 30 years experience in fintech anyway. And I'm a broadcaster and a journalist um, and I, I do PR and advising with ICOs and all the rest of it. So I have just jumped in there. My, my mission is to, and I also the women too as well. It's not, I mean, obviously I, I want to make my living from what I'm doing. Um, it's nice to pay the bills for a change after being so broke. <laughs> but, but I want everybody to make a living from it. You know, it's not just I, I want to succeed. I want everybody to succeed. So that whole mindset fits with me. And then, with Liberland, I was following like, people who were involved with people were talking. Like, that's interesting. That's interesting. My God, to start a country off from the word go. Oh, that's interesting. And then I, um, I met Beat in New York about six weeks ago. And I said, I want to get involved. And then next minute, I'm there in Floating Man Festival. <laughs> <laughs> How did I get here? And getting my citizenship okay, on, on, the, on the island across from Liberland itself. I went, wow, that's amazing. So it's like very exciting. I was actually... I did my Saturday morning show when I came back last Saturday and I was talking about my experience in Liverland before I got my guests on whatever, uh-huh. my radio show. And it was very funny. The, the, my producer's father had pointed out that Ireland a hundred years ago in Limerick, which is a city in the uh, west, southwest in Ireland, uh-huh. during the war of independence, we were fighting against the British to get our full independence. There was, uh, you know, some scuffles where people were killed and the local British Army, they closed down the city of Limerick. So the, the labor movement of which the man had been killed was part of, they called a strike for two weeks. They also declared themselves the Soviet, the Limerick Soviet, a self-governing body. And for two weeks, while they were on strike, they printed their own money, they published their own newspapers, and they controlled all the food for two weeks. So so we have we have had a Liberland experiment here in Ireland. <laughs> of course, when the strike was over, it all went back into, first of all, back <laughs> into British rule, and now eventually into independence. But it's just the thought, wow. A new city, a new, a new, a new, sorry, not a new city, a new country. Yeah. How would that work? And, and could we, could we get past the mistakes that the, the legacy mistakes that we've inherited in our own countries? Because of, I was saying, apart from whatever about the lack of women applying to come citizens of Liberland, there are people from around the world. So I'm going to presume we're not going to have racism because how can you be racist when you have multicultural? diaspora from the word go. I mean, there's people from North Korea, from America, from Ireland, from France, from you name it. It's every country in the world, I think, is, is represented in the people who've applied. That's interesting, too. It's like, right. What a melting pot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that, um, as you mentioned, you know, so many people from around the world and really a melting pot that has a lot of people from around the world that all have this very rare, in my opinion, 
open mindset. And I think what you talked about, the people that you interacted with, for example, recently at Floating Man and how it was, it was like a breath of fresh air. It's like, wow, I found that happens when you go to an environment similar to Floating Man, where you're with the like-minded, open-minded individuals. And that really creates a stable platform for some unique very unique things to happen. And uh, that ties into my next and final question, which is where do you see yourself uh, with Lieberland in the next three to five years? Great question. Mm. And I know this is like a, this is a tough one to answer like right off the bat. So if you need a moment, that's fine. Yeah. Well, what I'm thinking is what I like because because when I was, I was at a family birthday this weekend, they were saying, my God, what were you doing there? Were you doing that? I'm going, I was learning. I was learning, learning, learning. And to have the privilege of being involved with something like an experiment like this, a reality like this, it's huge. How often do you get a chance to be part of an emerging country? So I would like to think that I would be a world diplomat going forward. I mean, I would love to talk about some of the values that Liberland is espousing, some of the ideas. I mean, there's going to be a whole bunch of things coming through as well in the mix. It's going to be very exciting taking some of those ideas and saying to other countries, do you know what? Look what we've done. Look what we've done here. This is interesting. If you take away sort of jingoism and and xenophobia and you take away all the things that create nation states historically, Mm -hmm. here's a baby. Here's a baby nation state. What would it look like? You know, you you don't have to have inherited Uncle Jack's big nose. You don't have to have inherited (laughs) your Auntie Millie's propensity to drink. You don't have to have inherited uh, Uncle George's, oh, I don't know, big ears. You can say, what does this baby look like? What do you want this baby to look like? And I think that's very interesting. I'd like to take that and then maybe use that as part of maybe maybe something with world peace, whatever, but saying this is what you can do. Yeah. Because and I, the last thing I want to say on this as well, that Veed said it, and it's very true, no one was killed in the making of this country. Right. That's a powerful thought. It is. And I'd like to take that peaceful thing and say, what, how can we talk? How can we, how can we become human beings together? and do it on a global, a global platform. Well said. Well said. <laughs> I feel like I want to ask more, but we got we to gotta bring it to an end oh, here. Um, that's cool. Thank you, Joe. What, what's the best way for our listeners to follow up and get in touch with you if they have any questions? LinkedIn is definitely the best. LinkedIn, and, I, and, and by the way, because sometimes I have crazy weeks or something, you know, just, just in case, if, you, if I don't reply, if I don't reply, it's because I've, for some reason, not seen it, right? But LinkedIn is the best one. My name, Gillian Godsell, J-I-L-L-I-N, then G-O-D-S-I-L. And if for some reason I don't reply, hit me up again and say, hey, hey. And I go, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So but I would, that's the best one. Twitter's okay. kind of good too, but LinkedIn is the best. Perfect, perfect. We'll, we'll make sure we put a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. Thank you once again, Gillian, for joining us today. Any final remarks? And no, thank you very much for having me. Um, you're very courteous, very kind, wonderful voice. I so envy your voice. <laughs> the perfect voice for radio. <laughs> thank you. Thank perfect you. You have, a, you have a good broadcasting voice as well. I speak too fast. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I love it too. So but I, your voice is amazing. So, but thank you so much for having me on because it's a great privilege to uh, be asked those questions. Thank you. Absolutely. Happy to have you. All right. This has been episode 40 of the Lieberland Show. We were joined today by Jillian Godsell, World Diplomat of Lieberland. I'm your host, Adam J. Carswell. Thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you in the next episode.
Guys, if you enjoy listening to The Lieberland Show, be sure to check out my own personal podcast called Dream Chasers. On Dream Chasers, we interview individuals with supernatural amounts of potential based on early success in their careers. Go ahead and do a web search on it. Again, my name is Adam Carswell, Adam J. Carswell. Go ahead, type in Dream Chasers, and it should pop up for you to listen there. Thanks for tuning in to The Lieberland Show. And we will catch you in the next episode. Thanks.